Hello, welcome to Teacher Talk series, two of eight stories, thoughts, and insights I have on life, education, and community. Enjoy. Oh yeah, all of these thoughts and stories were written and unedited. Established in 1873. Rock history lesson. Motto, truth leads to God. Population, 2,000. 500 students. Plan was to establish a college for young women. In 1967, the college became a university. Enrollment increased and men were admitted as students. Public liberal arts, suburban, mystic. Random mascot, Sisters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul before Mount St. Vincent University. Four years Bachelor of Arts degree, Sociology, Anthropology major minor in English. Established in 1853. Motto, whatsoever things are true. Philippines 449. Population 4,000 students. Roman Catholic. Anaganish. Middle of nowhere. I mean, middle of nowhere. X-Ring. An iconic band, apparently third most popular ring in the world. After the Super Bowl. Marketing tactic. Hmm, not sure. St. Francis Xavier University. Bachelor of Education, Masters in Early Elementary Pedagogy. It was a mentor teacher, he suggested it. I thought it'd be fun, a great interview practice experience. I decided to go away, I mean, I decided to try this international teaching fair and see what happens. I got the job. I also fell in love. But that's another story. I mean, leaving my family was a big deal. No one really ever did anything like that in my family before. We are homebodies, strong statues. We enjoy with company, our own close family and friends. We hung out in the kitchen. We celebrated special moments together. I mean, every special moment. I mean, grandma's and grandpa's house was a central location. It's where it all went down. I had this going away party. I mean, mom and family wouldn't let me just go away without throwing a party. I remember part of me asking myself if I really wanted to do this. Was I sure this was what I wanted to go into? Excerpts from the book. Robbie, you are one of those rare people who keep me glowing bright through life because your life is truly a reflection of God's love. Mom. Robbie, remember God loves you. We love you. We are going to miss you being here. Be good. Be awesome. Dad. This is from Nana, letting you know to keep your hands in your pockets and your pants zipped up. This is what I expect from like Jen and grandkids. Do you understand me? Nana, you're an awesome brother. Don't know if I told you that lately, but I'm glad to be your sister, Carlette. It's very hard not to love you. You're always being my favorite. I'm going to miss you so much, Sanira, cousin. The impact of your decision to go away will be felt by the future generations of our family forever. Roscoe. 5,739 miles. Kuwait was different. I was different. My initial thoughts were, wow, I'm getting out of this place. Finally, no more gunshots, no more violence, no more listening to the news channels degrade a community. The negative. Forgetting about the positive. And I know what you were thinking, Nova Scotia. <laughs> it can't be that bad. It's Nova Scotia. Take a second. I'll wait. You look it up. 
Google Nova Scotia gun violence, homicide, murder. And look at the numbers. Read the newspaper headlines and the articles. And to think we have a little less than a million people in our province. You do the numbers. You think about the idea of seeing your friends, your homies, in a casket. Classmates, teammates, community members, brothers. This is also just another story. Let me speak on the Islamic culture for a second. I mean, I appreciated it for its realness and truth, its generosity and warm spirit, its gracious thoughts and sincerity. Beautiful hijabs, tastashas, I mean, I had one. It was crispy white, they looked stylish. Age, location, and social class all played a role in the color and style of dress in Kuwait. Look at me now. Oh. The Middle East, in case you are wondering. This is CNN Breaking News. All Arab women don't wear hijabs. The hijab is not a headscarf. There are many kinds of veils. All Arab men don't wear long white robes and colored headscarves. Never watched and interacted with such a culture that loved its culture so true. I remember desert camp trips with fathers and uncles, camel rides and sweet tea around the burning fire that lit the moon. A million thank yous for what? A first year teacher who had no clue what he was doing. Nah, for being there, simply caring, taking care of, and seeing my children. Something about the culture. I mean, the school was cool. It was a little rough around the edges, but I enjoyed it. I guess they tried to meet the quota. I saw one, two, three, maybe four that looked like me. I quickly got the high school feeling in my stomach again. Damn. This again. I spent three years in Kuwait and it never really changed. The parents were lovely. They hired maybe two or more colored people. Was I becoming a sellout? Giving my all these random kids literally over 5,000 miles away from me, knowing how I could impact kids who look like me, home in my community, that really needed it. They didn't have the extra motivation. I felt like a sellout. Barely any staff looked like me, running from small talk and microaggression after microaggression daily. Can I touch your hair? To where are you from? Like, no, really, where are you from? To what's it like back where you live? How did y'all get there anyway? I mean, I didn't really want to explain and I would have if I had great detail of what the answer was. My frustration was always one that I didn't know exactly and the second was, why are you asking me these questions anyway? Why are you so interested? Your skin's like chocolate. Can I taste it? Question. Let me rub my hands off here. It looks like a pillow. Floats on the clouds. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's been seven years now teaching international and nothing has really changed. I'm currently in Singapore and you know what? I enjoy it. The resources, the way I'm treated as a teacher. I have some of the best admin and teammates in the business. I feel 100% supported and I thank you. Truly appreciate everything I've been given, but I still feel a little bit like a sellout. Do these kids really need me? Well, Will they be successful regardless of who's in the classroom with them? Can I impact my community more by being there, teaching kids that look similar to myself, going through or had went through things that I've gone through? How can young black males want to be teachers when they don't see themselves at the front of the classroom? We already know that students of color do better even if they just have one black teacher. Black 
this beautiful shawty that you should know Don't let American standards damage your African soul A recent study at John Hopkins states Black students matched to black teachers have been shown to have higher test scores but we wanted to know if these student teachers racial matches had longer lasted benefits we found the answer is a resounding yes one year with the same race can move the dial it moves the dial in powerful ways and you know what even those who are not colored would benefit a lot from a teacher of color. I was lucky, I guess, to have a few black teachers in my life, and I definitely used them to role model after. But I still feel like a seller. I got this one. I got this one. I got this one. You think I'm a sellout? Why? Because I live in a big house or I dress a certain way? Or maybe it's because I like Barry Manilow? You've been Barry White, y'all. <laughs> Being black isn't what I'm trying to be. It's what I am. I'm running the same race and jumping the same hurdles you are, so why are you tripping me up? You said we need to stick together, but you don't even know what that means. If you ask me, you're the real sellout. That's right, boy. I often ask myself, what am I doing to get back to my community? And honestly, it feels like nothing. Once in a while, I will send money to an organization or share some work. But really, Gary? Really? Is that all you are doing? I think about the opportunities kids back home have, the idea of hardships and struggle. And I think about some of the situations and kids that I teach today. Don't get me wrong, they have their opportunities. They have problems and issues too, but not close to the existence as those who are home. I think the biggest difference is the security blanket. Kids back home can't mess up. They have to get to college. They have to find a job. They have to, they have to, they have to. There's not a whole lot of other options. In other circumstances, I think you know what I'm talking about. It's important to get these things, but... Yeah. So this is what I struggle with every day, starting in every school year. Every post I see online about my community, friends, family members, what type of impact could I have on students of color in my community? What type of influence could I have on students and their future goals or aspirations? I'm not sure, because I've never been there. I've never given myself the chance. Someday I hope, but... Does that mean I'm a sellout? To sacrifice artistic integrity in efforts to become more successful or popular, someone who forgets their roots. Thanks, Urban Dictionary. Is that me? A human being who abandons their convictions to impress people and or become more popular. Is that me? One who betrays a cause for personal achievement. Is that me? I guess I'm still trying to figure this one out. And until I'm able to give back, like, actually give back, I will always be this mystery person from my community no one really knows about. It's a really feeling that is up for me to make the change, to make it happen. Get outside of my comfort zone and actually do something. I think about, and I know that is right for my community. I think I can take a lot from my international experience and use it as a tool to inspire you and see what happens. Now you know how I feel. You can help hold me to it. Note to self, quit being a sellout. I got this one. I got this one.